from what I understand, I don't know. And what I understand is just watching far too many Gary V videos. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the man, eh, Yeah, that is the man. But just, you know, get started, post content. What are you waiting for? <laughs> you're, in, you're not posting because you're insecure. <laughs> yeah, that's actually part of the reason I started too. Because I, right before I dropped out too, I read Crush It. And that's when I started processing the idea of like, maybe this pancake thing isn't such a stupid idea to like make a business out of. What's good, everybody? Welcome to Running From Comfort. Today's show, our guest is Josh, aka The Pancake God. Now, a little bit of backstory here. So, The Pancake God is Instagram page for Josh, and he has been making pancakes every single day. Now, when we recorded this interview back in April, he was at about 900 days, but as of two days ago, Josh has officially posted pancakes on his Instagram page for a thousand straight days. That is an incredible accomplishment. So what we talk about today is um, the journey of him posting pancakes every single day because I just find it fascinating that he makes these amazing pancake stacks. Not only that, he eats them every day. The other thing that Josh is doing is he's using this to build his brand. Um, currently, he's sitting at about 55,000 Instagram followers. He now has his own pancake product, which is available in the US. Uh, shipping costs a little bit too much to go international. I have been wanting to try out his product, but I haven't had the opportunity to. But regardless of that, I really believe Josh is on his way to see a lot of success. He's been able to successfully build this Instagram page, so I'm excited to see what he has in future. So. For the purpose of today's interviews, we talk about pancakes, we talk about building an Instagram page, the importance of consistency, getting started, why you need to not listen to the haters or any of that other bullshit. Um, we also go off topic and talk about other things such as, you know, both of us share about our own personal journeys in personal development. We talk about some books. We even get into some abstract topics and briefly mention the simulation theory. So sit back, relax. I hope you all enjoy today's show. And if you do, do not forget to give it a rating and review on whatever platform you are listening on. And if you want to see the video for this, it should be live on my YouTube channel later tonight. So make sure you check that out on Galloway take and finally if you are listening take a screenshot of you listening on your phone upload it to your instagram story and tag out at running from comfort and at the pancake god let us know that you're listening all right guys enjoy today's show here on today's show running from comfort we have josh aka the pancake god of instagram the man with the stacks josh how are you doing today doing good how are you doing oh, i'm quite well thank you a little bit hot but you know, that's just Australian weather for you. How is it up there? Uh, it's pretty cold. It's starting to warm up, getting to the 50s, so I'm liking it. Oh, good weather out here. It's good for oh, us, 50 degrees. It's pretty good. 50 degrees. Hmm, okay. I'm trying to think. That would be, what, about 15, 20 degrees Celsius down here or something? I don't know. Somewhere around there. My math eight or nine, because I have an Audi, and it shows me the Celsius. I think it was eight or nine degrees today, Celsius. Eight. Oh, that is freezing. That sounds like my <laughs> local Hobart weather, man. Like oh, yeah. down in Hobart, where I'm originally from, it gets cold, man. I'm telling you, some of those mornings, getting up two, three degrees, mm-hmm. peaks at about nine. Ooh, don't miss that weather. <laughs> yeah, it, it gets cold. I'm not really a fan of the cold, but I also wouldn't want to be sitting in 85 degree weather, you know, trying <laughs> to stay cool with the fan on me. You can't win. Yeah. Nah. But anyway, so tell us, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us what is what is it exactly that you do. Uh, well, I guess in the context of this uh, interview, uh, I make pancakes and 
I make a lot of them. I've been making them for 900 days. Uh, aside from that, I'm a normal guy. I went to college and dropped out about two years in, and I'm working a regular job and just really like pancakes. What did you study at college? Uh, I studied electrical engineering for two and a half years. And why did you drop it? Well, a lot of things went into consideration because college costs a lot of money. I was already taking out loans. By the time I would have graduated, I would have been probably six figures in debt. I realized I didn't like electrical engineering enough to go six figures into debt. And I thought about switching majors. And then I just came to the realization that college just isn't really worth it for me. Yeah. And I think you find a lot of people find that like later down the track in life. It's, um, and especially I think for you guys in America, a lot of people, unless their parents like, you know, save up and pay for their college or they, you know, they're working a lot, pay for themselves will go into debt, which we mm-hmm. kind of have that in Australia, but our debt goes to the government. So, I mean, oh, no. I'm about 60 K in debt for my degree, but that won't be coming out until I earn a certain amount of salary and it just gets taken out automatically so so you don't have to pay like monthly payments towards your debt every month uh no so once you earn over a certain threshold it just automatically comes out so oh that's tough right right when you leave college you just start paying right now i think i paid 200 dollars a month towards uh student loans right right when i dropped out yeah so it's kind of crazy and you still and you're still paying that now or yeah i'll be I'm kind of trying to get ahead of it, but yeah, I'm still paying it, and I'll be paying it for at least a few years. Okay. If I do yeah. that. Yeah, how long? Sorry, how many years again? Sorry? Uh, probably three years minimum if I uh, okay. just keep paying the minimum. So, tying yeah. up a little bit. It'll be out there eventually, but yeah, no, it's a, I think it's a bit of shame with that system. I like um, in Europe, especially, I think it's in the Netherlands, where they got a free university over there. I've got a friend doing that, which. I think it makes a lot of sense, you know, if people want to go like learn and like get higher education for their skills, I think that's definitely something, yeah, that, you know, I suppose yeah. governments should be providing for people. But yeah, there's a really anyways. big push for that. Because, I mean, it's a big problem. College debt here is in the trillions and it's just insane. The trillions. It's yeah, it's in the trillions for the whole that's, United States. That's crazy. No wonder. This is why I keep seeing all these people on YouTube complaining about um, the college system in America. Wow. Okay. I didn't realize it was that bad. It's bad. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, in terms of your pancake Instagram, so it's been three years of posting every day. You're now up to 40 or 38,000 followers. You're getting, getting close to 40. Yeah. yeah. How, getting close. How, did, how did this all start? Where did this begin? Uh, so... I I didn't eat a lot of pancakes as a child. Just something I always liked to. It was like my favorite food. My grandma would always make me pancakes, and it was the first food I learned how to make. So when I got to college, there was the typical money struggle with college. You don't have money, and pancakes were really cheap. And I didn't want to be that ramen noodle guy that just ate those all the time. So I knew how to make pancakes really well. So I started eating them a lot. And I was eating them so frequently, I had the idea to eat them every day for 30 days, just as a fun challenge or whatever. And then I ate them for 30 days, took pictures every day, posted them on Snapchat. Then after 30 days passed, I just kept going, eventually started the Instagram account up and just kept going. The rest is history. And I think I, I went I went back through your Instagram just to see some of your earlier stacks. And I was going all the way down. I could kind of see... <laughs> 
like the evolution from like just like you know you, had, you started off with like some standard pancakes and then mm. you know you're doing like with bacon i think i saw one you were holding like a pancake up against your face with <laughs> your eyes and the mouth cut out and i was yeah. like <laughs> so yeah you, that's you started, started out simple i just i was just making pancakes to make pancakes then i realized you know i gotta step up my game and then it kind of came like a just a constant push to make better and better pancake stacks and improve the picture quality and whatnot but it started out really really simple yeah and i think that's something as well like everybody when they start out it's always very simple like i think something that happens is a lot of people if they want to start their own like branding or you know start posting on like youtube instagram whatever they're always like too worried about like their oh is this content going to be good enough or whatever so what i really liked was to just go back see how simple and like like how simple your beginnings were and just the fact that all you did was stay consistent and I mean, if you go look at your page now, like the stacks that you're putting together, they're absolutely ridiculous. I love Thanks. it. <laughs> the, yeah, that's what I'm going to is just kind of go for it and if, stay consistent. And you're, like, you're going to learn something along the way. The more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And that's what I applied to making pancakes, videos, and everything else. Stay consistent. Yeah. That's what I like and the other thing I like too, pancakes have always been one of my favorite foods. But I did the ketogenic diet for a little while, so I steered clear from them altogether. But every time I see your page pop up, I just go, oh, that looks so good. But I was like, man, if I eat any of that, like, I'm going straight to keto hell. Like, I don't know if, you, I, I don't know if you've seen the keto community on Instagram at all, but they're like, they're police said It's like, don't you dare eat sugar or don't you eat these carbs. Dude, you ate like 35 grams of carbs. You're not in ketosis. <laughs> so you gotta, you got to watch out for those. You could find some good uh, ketogenic pancakes, but in my personal opinion, they're not the same. So if you like your pancakes, you probably wouldn't like the ketogenic ones as much, but there's always an option. Yeah, I did make some actually. Um, I did post it to my um, Instagram too. They were they were all right. Like they weren't too bad. I think it was like cream cheese, protein powder, and egg or something like that. It was a, it was a bit of a different mix, but yeah. nothing like real. Nothing beats real pancakes. <laughs> no, it's not the same. It's, it's not the same. Well, I'm glad you made pancakes, though, still. Staying true. Yeah. Well, actually, when I made them the other day, so just for anybody listening, um, this will be up on my Instagram by the time this is live, I decided to make a little pancake stack. I'd seen your M&M stack, and mm-hmm. I was just with some friends. I was like, I love pancakes. I love M&Ms. I wonder how hard this will be to do. <laughs> <laughs> So I Googled, I Googled a little recipe, threw it together, and I was like, all right, let's give this a go. And I'm telling you, those things were rich, man. They were yeah. really, really rich. And your stack so delicious. pretty good, too. Yeah. Oh, I don't know what you used. What did you use for your chocolate sauce on that one? What was... Uh, I had some hot fudge. It comes in a little glass container. So uh, I think it was Smucker's is the brand. Just melt it and pour it on the top. Ooh, that sounds good. I think... What did I do? I got some Nutella... And I basically just mix that in with some warm milk for like ages until it just got runny. And <laughs> yeah, that's good too. I like to take the Nutella, heat it up, and it just gets nice and runny. Oh, Nutella's the best. Man, like I need to stay away from it because I could just sit there <laughs> and eat a whole jar with a spoon. But <laughs> I, I do the same thing. I don't even buy Nutella. If I'm going to use it for pancakes that one day, and then I usually throw away the jar because I know it's going to be gone the next couple of days. I just throw the jar away. Can't yeah. control myself. 
which is good. And I see you must have some, like a lot of self-control with your diet. All the fancy pancake stacks aside, I mean, you know, I think well, probably the most surprising things is after hearing you eat those pancakes every day, see how good a shape you're in as well. So, Yeah, I was definitely in better shape when I worked at the moving company. I used to have two physical jobs, a moving company and moving boxes, UPS. So that gave me like unlimited freedom in the beginning to just eat all the pancakes I want. But now I got to watch it more because working on the pipeline isn't as labor intensive. So I don't burn as many calories. So I definitely had to watch it more as I went on. But yeah, and do you work out. And you eat those pancakes every day, just yes? <laughs> yeah, eat, I mean, I got, I got to be honest. I don't eat all the pancakes every single day because you got to make them a certain size or, you know, friends and people on Instagram will pick on you for them being too small. And then I try to tell them, you know, I'm trying to watch portions. So I got to make them bigger. And then it ends up being way too many, way too much pancake to eat. And it'll end up, if I, if I count the calories, it's probably anywhere between 1,000 to 1,500 calories if I were to eat the whole stack. So I'll usually end up eating like half of those, something like that, unless I'm really hungry. But you, I really got to watch it. Yeah, if you eat half of it, 750 calories, like that's pretty, that goes pretty easy. But mm-hmm. on that, what is your favorite topic for pancakes? Like it's your last meal on earth, it's pancakes. What's going on them? Oh, if it's my last meal on earth, we had some crispy buttermilk pancakes that were like uh, were cooked in oil. So like the edges are crispy, you know, mm-hmm. and I would take butter, put them on the top of the pancakes, peanut butter on top of that and maple syrup on top. And that's all I would have my last stack. It's mm. simple, but it's been my favorite since I was a kid. Simple and delicious. And it's mm. the simple things, really, that are, um, I suppose, that get, I don't know, the simple things are always the best, I always find. Like, mm-hmm. you never need to be too fancy, but <laughs> those big stacks, though, they do go down well. Um, so, yeah. And so, from starting your Instagram page, like, where did you see it going when you began? Did you have, did you see yourself kind of starting to blow up on Instagram at all or? No, I didn't. Uh, I don't think I passed 1,000 followers until it was a year and a half. A year and a half into having an Instagram account is when I hit 1,000 followers, I think. And then it kind of took off from there. But from the beginning, I just posted. Originally, it was supposed to be like uh, kind of like a portfolio so I could say, hey, I eat pancakes every day. Look at my Instagram. And then more, pe- more and more people started following it. And then it just kind of became a thing. And then just this last summer, it kind of took off. Yeah, so this last summer, like, do you know how many followers you um, went up? Uh, I don't remember the date exactly, but I think I was like 1,000 in March or April or so. And then I remember Pop-Tarts reposted one of my pancakes and then I went up like a couple hundred in a day so that was pretty huge and then I think it was around May I started doing videos for my pancakes instead of just pictures and then it just it just really shot up when I started doing videos it went from like 50 followers a day to like 100 to 150 200 I think the most I had was 500 in a day jeez so it was the videos that really did the trick all right, videos. And yeah, I could, I could see why because with the videos, you get the drizzle, you get to mm-hmm. cut the stack open, you know, all that food porn stuff everybody loves. Yeah, which I wasn't, I wasn't aware of 
when I first uh, did the videos, it didn't really make sense to me while I was doing so well. Then this summer, someone told me like I should do ASMR, like mukbang videos. Then I saw the huge audience for that, and I was like, okay, maybe there is something to like, like the soothing, like you know, toppings coming down the pancakes or something like that. Something I wouldn't really be into, but that like a lot of people really enjoy watching with yeah. ASMR and stuff like that. It seems to be something that people like. Like you watch all the food videos, it's always, it's always you know, it's getting the drizzle. Or it doesn't matter like what it is. It's always you know. Or what about um? You ever see that Salt Bay guy? You know, sprinkling yeah, salt. Just people, a little, people just... Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Should, I think I tried to do that with the M and M's when I made your stack. I was kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Just, just video. trying to get a, yeah, get a bit of extra flair in there. There will there'll, there'll be a video of that at some point, which is going to be great. <laughs> but so aside from that, um, in terms of when you began to build your Instagram, so. At this point in time now, you have your own pancake product. Did you yep. always envision that from the beginning? Yeah, so this kind of ties into dropping out of college. <clears throat> the summer before that, I started reading uh, books, and that was a big change in like, mindset for me. And I read like, a couple biographies, like people starting businesses. I was, and I thought, well, what kind of business can I start? And then I thought about things I really enjoy, like I enjoy like car audio, like the subwoofers and bass and stuff. Then I thought, well, I don't like it that much. Then I thought, okay, well, I like pancakes. And I kind of like thought of like how you could make a business out of that and figured I could like start a brand or, you know, perform like a service with the pancakes or like build some other kind of like machine or something. Then I thought, okay, well, I don't know how to do that now, but what I can do is um, like document myself like making the pancakes every single day and that's what i ended up doing until i figured it out yeah so it's just all a process of not thinking about it too much and just getting started yeah i always kind of grew up with like a the go with the flow mentality play it by ear which hurts me in a lot of times when i don't when i don't plan for things but it kind of works out for this well i just kind of took it easy and just kind of went with the flow yeah but I think what you've done there, like it's, I think it's the kind of, I suppose if that's what you're trying to do, like brand building, it's like, I think what I understand, I don't know. And what I understand is just watching far too many Gary V videos. Yeah. That's, that's the man. Right there. <laughs> yeah. That is the man, but just, you know, get started, post content. What are you waiting for? You're, in, <laughs> you're not posting cause you're insecure. <laughs> yeah. That's actually part of the reason I started too. Cause I, right before I dropped out too, I read crush it. And that's when I, started processing the idea of like maybe this pancake thing isn't such a stupid idea to like make a business out of and that's like crush it book really kind of like turned the switch on for me so what book was that crush, crush it. it by gary vaynerchuk this is his first book that kind of like made him blow up in like 2009 or 8 okay i'm gonna i'm it's gonna add that one i might have it uh i think i gave it to someone i like giving books away yeah I've, I haven't given any of my books away yet, but I do plan to. And the people I want to give my books to, they don't want to read them. But oh, well. <laughs> I've only I've only just really started myself in the book thing. But I've noticed like straight away just like how beneficial actually like reading books is. I can't believe I neglected it for so long. It is crazy. Even even nowadays, I don't read as many books as I would want to. Because at my peak, I was reading one book a week and reading two or listening to two audiobooks a week. And like maybe listening to them twice in that week, depending on how long they were. And like when I was doing that, I felt like my mind was just growing like 
like crazy. Just being exposed to all these ideas and stuff. Yeah, and do you prefer reading or do you prefer the audiobooks? Uh, I think they both have their place. Like audio, you can do, like, I've listened to a lot of audiobooks when I'm, like, playing video games, like something, like, repetitive, or, like, when I'm playing games on my phone, I can just listen to the audiobook. So I can listen better when I'm doing something, or I can listen while I'm at work. But reading also helps it, like, sink into your brain more. But when I really want to absorb something, I'll listen to it and read it. Because it just gets it from kind of like both angles. Yeah, no, and that's a very interesting take. I like how you said when you're doing something repetitive. I see, I find if I just try and sit down and listen to an audiobook, it like it doesn't fully work for me. But like, I don't know if I'm at the gym doing cardio or like you said, I'm at work, headphones mm-hmm. in. It's almost like every word just gets like, it just gets sunk in there. Mm-hmm. So aside from Crush It by Gary Vee, do you have like any book, like what other books like what would be like your book recommendation you'd give to someone outside of crush it book recommendation uh i probably have to say the alchemist by paul coelho because that was that was probably like that was the first book i read for fun and uh it just has a really good story to it and good meaning um how to win friends and influence people is a a great book just like to know how to deal with people and everything like that that's one i'd recommend to people uh, Man's Search for Meaning, I'd probably probably be number three, just because that book's, I don't know, it gives you such like a different perspective on life, because it goes in the story of how he went, lived through a concentration camp, and like, like how he was able to like push through, knowing that basically everything in his life was gone, like his wife and kids and everything he knew before, and how he like rationalized it in his mind, like that life was still like worth living. Yeah, wow. That's really up there. Yeah, that one has been on my reading list for a little while. I'm definitely going to sink my teeth into that one soon, I think. It's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm assuming he he takes on a very stoic type philosophy, I guess. Is that kind of... Uh, I'm trying to think back in my Kelly. He has like a different different philosophy. It's not stoicism. It's more like a... uh, I know we talked a lot about existentialism. And he uses logotherapy. I don't know. I think it's kind of kind of like stoicism, but it's more just like uh, like rationalizing like why you should still live. I don't know. It might be similar to stoicism, but I guess I don't know it well enough to speak on it. Yeah, because I think something that books has helped me do was even just like, I don't know, go back a year ago or maybe a little bit more than a year, I was kind of – playing like living life in this sort of i don't know like back kind of living the back seat taking how it comes bad things happen oh of course it's bad things just happen to me and, <laughs> and then you know i start getting into books you know start expanding your brain a bit jordan peterson was a great help listen to a lot of his lectures was really good and then i was like oh yeah take responsibility oh next thing you know you want to do something you can just do it like Mm-hmm. Did you find did you find like there was much when you started growing your Instagram, um, especially since you've been blowing up? Like, have you started? Is it like hang on, I'm trying to find the right words here? Um, since you've been getting to like blow up, have you had this thought of just like how crazy it is? Like, like you said, I don't think you knew that like you were going to get start to get mm-hmm. so much exposure. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know I would ever have this this much uh, like this many followers or this much like reach. I was just kind of posting it and like, it's kind of hard to conceptualize. Like when I look in like the insights and Instagram that I reach half a million people every single week, half like, a million, half a million. Yeah. And it's just, 
just crazy, like just taking pictures on my phone and videos that half a million people are seeing this. And it just still kind of blows my mind. Like It's just pancakes, I think, but a lot of people are tuning into it. So it's kind of crazy. That is, I, man, and that's something that I just to even think about that. I was thinking just in terms of like the fact you have 40,000 followers, like, you know, that's 40,000 people that are seeing your post every day, but half a million, that's yeah. huge. It's, it's crazy. I don't know. That's a lot of reach. Like, yeah, wow. I don't even know how to conceptualize it. I mean, that's that's a lot of people. Granted, they might just see it for a couple seconds, but they're still like seeing your stuff for you know point two seconds. That's half a million people. It's just blows my mind. <laughs> it's blowing, that's that's fact. It's blowing my mind too, man. That's absolutely crazy. Like, and. Has there, has there been much that you've learned, like, in this process about yourself or life? Like, that I've learned a lot from, like, uh, the Instagram account about myself? Yeah, from, yeah, from growing, from, like, starting to grow this brand. Like, what, what have you learned through, like, growing it? I don't know. I don't think the Instagram, like, the making pancakes has, like, helped me learn much about myself. It seems like me posting pancakes, like, every day now is, like, the same as it was at day 100 except now there's more comments and like there's, you know, it reaches more people. But other than that, it feels kind of the same. Like, I don't think the pancakes have taught me much, maybe like how to be persistent and like that I can do something for so long and like, you know, kind of taught me some, I don't know what the word would be like resilience to like when you feel when you don't feel like doing something, you do it anyway. So there's been some days where I kind of don't feel like making pancakes. I'm like, I'm not going to throw this, you know, 200 day streak off for one day of not feeling like it. Cause I feel like at 90, 99% of the time. So I, I guess this taught me a few things, but. Yeah. And then when you have those days, when you make the pancakes, like, do you feel better afterwards as well? Like, is there a bit of a sigh of relief? Well, I usually try to eat them when I'm hungry, but I mean, it's not really relief unless uh, there was one time, like, I almost went to sleep without making pancakes and there's definitely a, a sigh of relief when I remembered and actually made the pancakes before I went to sleep. Cause one day I almost forgot and that would, that scared me. <laughs> you know how far into the streak you were then? Uh, it was last summer. It was probably like 300, 400 days in. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. You didn't want to ruin that now. Definitely <laughs> not. It just, and then, I was going to sleep and my eyes closed and I thought a pancake just came in and I was like, I got to get up. I just <laughs> ran downstairs and started making some pancakes. Oh, almost like oh, something out of a movie or something. Like, <gasps> I've had those moments. Like I've had a moment where like I've, I've known I've like made a mistake at work and I wake up in the middle of the night. I'm like, I need to get that letter <laughs> off the boss's desk. <laughs> <It's> like, <Yeah. laughs> make oh, yeah, sure okay, I beat the boss to work. Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling. That's crazy. And then when did you start um, putting together the formula for your own like product that you've now got? I did that. Um, oh, yeah, that was about a year ago now because, yeah, I didn't know what I was going to have for the recipe. So I had tried to like overcomplicate it with like a bunch of ingredients and this and that. Then I finally thought, okay, I'm going to try to make this as simple as possible so I can um, like start. So I made up like a bunch of different recipes and like tried them out. I had my roommates trying like bits of pancakes. And uh, once I kind of settled for one I, I liked, then I made my pancake 
And I made about five other brands of pancakes and I had them like blind taste test them and like basically see how mine ranked against everyone else's. And once mine were like in the middle or above that, then I was, then I thought, okay, well, this is, this is good now. It's a good enough recipe. Yeah. So getting the blind tasting in. So you want to make sure that your pancakes are like the the nicest ones on the market. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't want to and, overcomplicate it, but I also didn't want to give like everyone, you know, garbage pancakes. There was like it was trying to find like a middle ground of good pancakes, but also get it out there without taking forever. Yeah, and in terms of that, is there like how many times did you have to find yourself? You have to refine your recipe to get it to where it is now. Uh, so it's pretty. It's pretty basic. Um. But I know there was probably like a, because I've made like a bunch of recipes uh, starting in the beginning of making pancakes, but I never thought like this was going to be my brand. It was mostly just like a lot of like experimenting and like seeing how ingredients work with what and what, how baking soda, baking powder works and how the different ingredients work together. But the actual coming to the finished product is probably about two months. I was like really thinking about the pancakes I was using and what I wanted for the ingredients. Oh, sorry. You've, you've hang on. You, you can't. You cut out just a little bit. There, it was going a little bit. Oh. Uh, laggy. Did you just repeat that? Sorry. The whole thing, or from? Well, okay. So I was making a lot of pancakes uh, since the beginning, like just t- trying different recipes and different things. But it wasn't until like uh, about two months before I had my roommates test them out that I was kind of going through different kind of recipes until I reached like a. Uh, a semi-good recipe that I would like uh, compared to other pancakes. So about two months of like thinking about the recipe for the LG pancake brand. Okay. And in terms of that, um, coming to that recipe, like were you putting like a lot of time into that? Like was it a lot of hustle or was it just in your spare time or? Well, I'd usually try to do it. Like there was a couple days where I'd sit there and like make a bunch of pancakes, but mostly it was just um, for like the pancake of the day, I would try a recipe and then, like, change something. Then, like, the next day, I'd try something a little different. And I would just use, like, the consistency I'd already built up to, uh, you know, figure out the recipe rather than, like, take a day and just go all out because that just doesn't work as well for me. So I just, every day, I just kind of tried something different. Yeah. And so, and you said um, if you were doing it every day, that wouldn't work for you. So is that in terms of, like, no, understanding, like, I, your own uh, work management? Yeah. That was if I if I did it like one day and did a lot of it in one day, that just wouldn't really work for me because I can't I can't really stay focused like enough to like make pancakes. Like if I were to wake up and start at ten o'clock and go until like eight o'clock at night, I wouldn't be able to make pancakes the whole time and like stay focused and like driven enough to do it in that time. But if I were to do it an hour or two every day when I'm making my pancakes for the day, then I would be able to like hold my attention to it. Yeah, that's interesting because um, so I just went through a book uh, just recently um, and it was all about beating procrastination because that's something that I struggle with. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing was when I wanted to put my efforts towards like doing something, I'd have like one week where I'm like the most driven person you've ever seen. I'm getting <laughs> everything done. I've got this awesome schedule lined out and then it hits the weekend. I maybe get a few things done, take the foot off the gas and then I'm like, oh. I'm burnt out. And then just a whole <laughs> week of nothing. <laughs> yeah. I know. That's so, 
So what they sort of, uh, they were suggesting in this book was similar to you. Like it was they even less than that. I said start off with like fifteen minutes of just uninterrupted work, then thirty minutes. You know, build yourself up, and then also uh, something they were big on was rewarding yourself for every effort that you made to build positive work yeah. habits. Yeah, which really I smart. thought was yeah, because I think a lot of us. Um, from a young age, I think have ingrained in us most. I think part of it's from the schooling system, like this negative association with work. So it's all about trying to undo that as a means to beat procrastination, which I thought was quite fascinating. Yeah. What's that book called? Let me have a look. Some my audible list. Give me two seconds. Where are we? If you got actually, that's what we could do. We should link, I'll link this up. I can send it to you. I'm done with oh, it now. Perfect. So if you want it, um, you had it by Neil. Neil, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Now have it. If you struggle with procrastination, get onto that book. <laughs> yeah, because I'm not good at finding books to read myself. I can read previews on previews of books, but it's not until I like see a book recommended by someone else, whether it's in a book or in person. Like I got to see that recommendation before I trust the book to read it and know I'm not wasting my time. So. Yeah. I don't even know how I find my books. I think for me, it's more just I, I kind of scroll through Audible. I think what's interesting or what are people talking about? And I think the most recent one I just bought was um, uh, Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Have you read that? Wow. What's that about? Uh, it's a fiction book. It's it's basically he wrote it in the 30s and it's this whole um, idea of what he envisioned a future world. So there's no more um, there's no more natural birth. There's no more like love or relationships or family or anything like that. Everyone's genetically engineered and then they're conditioned at a young age to like certain things and dislike certain things to make sure that they enjoy the job that they do mm. while also consuming the products they want them to consume. And then also the government's feeding everybody this drug called Soma, which from the description, <laughs> it's just basically sounds like it's just like ecstasy. <laughs> yeah. And that's what keeps everybody happy. Huh. And then, there's, there's kind of um, funny little things in there. Um, like, where they, you know, they talk about the old world, you know, oh, we've had relationships and, you know, people thought they owned other people. Everyone's for everyone in this society, you know? Yeah, just, that sounds really know. interesting. I yeah, love books I, like that, that kind of, like, go into the future and, like, envision, like, you know, a way the world could go. Kind of just makes you think about how it is going to end up in, like, 100, 200 years. Cause yeah. Because what it could be. It's kind of scary too, because he wrote it in the '30s, and some of the stuff, like the, um, like the genetic engineering, like that's te- I believe that's stuff that we can kind of do now. I'm not sure to yeah, what degree, but to the they can like genetic. Yeah, I don't know what, what degree they can do it to babies, but they can you can like genetically modify your kid to, you know, like change some traits, which is kind of crazy. I think they can do that for eye color, at the really? moment. Is that? I think so. I think that's something I heard a while ago. I don't know. Someone's going to fact check this at some point and <laughs> I'm going to get swamped. But yeah, at some, if not already, there'll be a time where you'll be able to genetically engineer your kids for their eye color. I don't know if I like that, but <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. Like what, what's Kim Kardashian like going to do in the future when like she wants to have more children or does she have children? I don't know. But someone with that type of money and like, I don't know, with that much. Okay. I don't want to knock on her too much for that much fakeness you know with all the plastic <laughs> yeah. surgery what are they gonna what are people like that gonna do with their children <laughs> yeah i guess they'll try to make the perfect baby which i mean you can't really be perfect it's always going to change and uh, i don't know future's crazy like future's crazy yeah 
I, I get scared sometimes. Have you? Did you ever hear um, Elon Musk on Joe Rogan's podcast? Uh, I've seen like a, a little bit of it. Like I, of course, I've seen the clip when he was smoking uh, weed <laughs> on the podcast. That was pretty funny. I but, can't believe there was so much backlash of that. Yeah, I, I guess he's the CEO of two big companies and whatever. <laughs> but yeah, what do you say on the podcast? Oh, um, so he was just talking about the technology. He was saying within the next 10 years, he reckons it's going to be streamlined, um, like the brain chips that essentially connect your brain to like a cloud, very similar to like our iPhone. So it's like, imagine like having all the access of your iPhone, but inside your brain. And I was like, oh, is that where we're going? I could see that. I don't think in 10 years, like I think maybe in 10 years, like you can wear some VR or like it'll be like AR, kind of similar to that, but... I don't know about in your brain. I'd be pretty optimistic for 10 years. Or maybe yeah, it just wouldn't be available to everyone. But that is yeah. that's definitely something to think about. It's kind of, wow. He, he talked about it as solving the bandwidth problem. So he's like the human brain has all this potential, but, you know, that you don't have like the instant access. Mm-hmm. So then he's like, that's going to fix everything. It's going to be like instant knowledge. Like, oh, I don't know what this is. My brain just Googled it for me. Huh. It's kind of crazy. It's almost like uh, his simulation theory. That really oh. makes, that's really convincing when he talks about that. What's your what's your take on the simulation theory since you've brought it up? I mean, it seems very possible. I mean, like, like the way he said it, you know, if we do like continue advancing, like somewhere along the line, like we're gonna figure out how to simulate like worlds. Like, if you have like infinite amount of time, it makes perfect sense that that would happen. Or that there'd be some other thing like destroying the world, like another ice age or something crazy, like resetting us or something like that, which it makes sense. Like, it's a good theory. So, yes or no, do we live in a simulation? Uh, I'd say we're the first. If we're in a simulation, we're the first ones. We're the first simulation. <laughs> okay. That's an interesting take. <laughs> yeah. I wonder oh, look. we're living in the Matrix and we're just... Just ones and zeros. Yeah, I want to believe that. <laughs> that that yeah, that would be kind of crazy. But I don't know. Maybe I don't know. If we are in a simulation, do you think we come out of the simulation? Or I don't know. I guess that's the after after death question. Maybe I, we'll just I wake just, up like the Matrix and just shh, take <laughs> off the little plugs. That would be kind of crazy. I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I, I don't know how I'd feel. That'd be <laughs> <laughs> woke up in the Matrix like the movie. That'd be wild. Oh, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't. I just think those things in the back of their necks. Like every time I watch that movie, like yeah, that my neck like would hurts. hurt. Yeah, <laughs> I would not want that. <laughs> I don't want to wake up and have that sticking out of my neck. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely stay in the Matrix if it were like that movie, though, because it seemed like out of the Matrix was wasn't very fun. Who was the guy that decided that decided to stay? He was the one that sold out the whole crew. What was his name again? He's he's eating this big filet mignon. He's like, know, you know what? So so he's talking to the agents and he's having dinner and he's like, I don't, he's, I don't know exactly what he says. Like, you know, I don't really care that this isn't real because God damn, it tastes good. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember, but that is a good show. But yeah, oh, we've got, we got so far off topic, but that was a, I think that was a nice <laughs> little, <laughs> nice little tidbit from Pancakes to Simulation. But in your own experience now, so now you're in a stage, you're building your brand, you're building your product. What's been some of your biggest challenges that you've had to face so far? Uh, first challenge was uh, was uh, 
I guess it's just transitioning from like Josh to like Pancake because the people I know don't call me by my first name anymore. They usually call me Pancake or something related. They call you Pancake. Yeah. But it's kind of like the transition from Josh to Pancake because right away when I started the Instagram account, I didn't want anyone to know about it because I figured everyone was going to be like, oh, what do you have this Instagram account for? And get made fun of or whatever. Like, you know, silly, silly fears, like irrational stuff. And then, you know, enough people started finding out about it. Then that was kind of done. Then the next thing was like the YouTube. I didn't want to post videos on there because putting yourself out there. And uh, I don't know, just kind of, those would be like the challenges, I guess, as far as like the, you know, making pancakes, just kind of putting yourself out there more and more and like subjecting yourself to other people's kind of opinions and judgments. Have you faced much um, criticism or judgments from people at all? Or, Well, pretty much everyone asks. At the beginning, everyone would ask me, like, what's up with the pancakes or why are you eating pancakes anymore? Like, so much, like, why, why, why? It would be a bunch of questions. I mean, it was that. And there was a lot of, uh, even on Instagram, too, in the comments, it's a lot of, oh, you must be fat or you must have diabetes or something like that. And just that type of stuff or... Even people in the small town will say it's kind of stupid to eat pancakes every day. Or, like, even close friends have said, like, kind of, like, joked around about it, like it was something stupid. And I was just like, okay, well, I think it's pretty cool. And now yeah. I've always had the plan for it. They just didn't really know the plan, I guess. Yeah, because you've, you've got the vision. They don't necessarily have it themselves. Like, when I saw your page, I was like, wow, like, what this guy's doing, like, it's very different. And I think it's something awesome and i was like and the fact that you're now trying to turn this into like i suppose a little bit of a business where you're going to be having your own product i was like i think it's genius i think you're very much onto something and the fact your instagram is blown up is definitely like yeah. i guess definitely it's a proof the proof's in the pudding at the end of the day has mm-hmm. as getting as the instagram blowing up shut up any of the people around you or yeah i guess the the same uh close friend of mine who kind of like joked about it at the beginning i think it was when i hit um was it like 20,000 followers or 30 or something? He was saying like, wow, you know, that's, that's pretty cool. You got all those followers, you know. I remember back uh, back in the day, we used to kind of, I used to think like, wow, I was stupid, but now you actually have something, he would say. And I'd just be like, yeah, I told you, you know. <laughs> I told you, but. So, yeah, I, I mean, the followers is kind of like a, like, a, I don't know, proof, like gratification or just kind of like shows that I could actually mean something because a lot of people nowadays realize that like like followers like mean something it's not just something stupid like they realize that there's like a lot of attention behind it and it's not just meaningless so kind of change their mind a little bit when say so many people are tuning in yeah and i suppose when you were getting some of like that negative feedback did, did that affect you much or are you just very good at blocking out the noise I don't know. I mean, I kind of like think about it and I just kind of go, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, it doesn't really get to me, I wouldn't say. Because, uh, I don't know, I've been kind of like stoic most of my life. And even more so after reading books. But yeah, when I hear that negative feedback, I just kind of nod. Or sometimes I try to reply to it like in like a fun way, joking way, especially on Instagram. Because I just try to make everything lighthearted and fun with the negative feedback. But in person, I usually just kind of like don't say anything. It's like nod my head or something. It's like the hmm. Yeah. It's like yeah, okay. Thank you. Thank you for that opinion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
yeah, we'll just uh, I'll see you in a year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Did you did you struggle much at all to find people that were like supporting you? Like, did you or were you kind of just going at it alone? Uh, I mean, making pancakes. Everyone was like pretty supportive because I was always just kind of like the pancake guy. And like when I would have parties at my house in college, like I'd just be making pancakes and everyone would want pancakes. Like it was more so like, it's more so like a joke to everyone and just kind of like some fun thing. So like everyone just kind of like supporting, supporting it, just kind of like, ah, like it's cool. But, uh, yeah. So you're you're just there at the college party flipping pancakes. (laughs) Yeah, usually when uh, I'd have a party at my house, I would post up in the kitchen and make pancakes and just flip them to everyone and tell them how, follow me on Instagram. How full and wild were those parties? Like, are they, I don't know, like the college parties that we see on TV or? Uh, I wouldn't say TV. Like, I mean, picture like a, a small two, three bedroom house with like a basement and it being pretty full. Probably like, I don't know how many people were there, but I mean, it was pretty packed. Like, I, Kind of had to like stick my elbows out like in the kitchen so I had room and like stop people from like burning themselves by putting their hands in the wrong places. Ooh. So, but but it wasn't too crazy. Okay. I like that. I like that idea. Just sitting there in the middle of the party, flipping pancakes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a party trick right there. I might, yeah. might, might, might try and steal that one from you. I kind of like that. <laughs> Everyone, everyone's always like, make me a pancake, make me a pancake. I want a fluffy one. No, oh, make me one. It's like, all right, just calm down. Can't make. Were you doing? Were you doing anything topping wise like back then as well, or? Uh, at the parties, I w- I would not bring out any toppings or anything. Definitely don't trust people at at parties with something that can be dropped on the floor and spread everywhere. Definitely no toppings at parties. Way too much mess. Far yeah. too much. There's already enough pancakes in the ground with pancake batter. When there's drunk people and pancake batter. There's, there's always pancake batter to clean up like all over the stove and the counters and stuff. Because, of course, someone would, someone would want to make pancakes, and I have to let them. And they just make a mess. Never fails. Do you get many drunk people like just eating the pancake batter as it was? Like... Uh, I, I sure hope not, because they probably have some... They're drunk enough to eat the pancake batter. Their hands probably aren't very clean. So I hope <laughs> not. Hopefully they didn't do that. But I, I definitely didn't see it at all. Do you ever taste like? Do you ever eat pancake batter? Is that something you've ever done, or? Well, yeah. Usually, when I'm uh, pouring pancakes, um, if you've ever like poured pancakes and you set it down, you realize it like drips off the spout, and like eventually mm-hmm. it'll like hit the ground. So when I pour it, I usually just like pick it off with my finger and then eat the pancake batter just so it doesn't make a mess. So. Yeah. Essentially, but I don't eat it for fun. Well, I know some people do like to, but. I don't like the batter as much as I like the pancake. Yeah, I definitely agree. I'm glad I'm not the only person that gets a little finger on the drip there. Just <laughs> Yeah, I, I kind of have to stop myself when I'm making pancakes for people. Because, like, I want to do it, but I'm like, I can't do this. This isn't, you know, like, very sanitary. So I got to, like, grab a paper towel, like, wipe it off and set it on there. A little bit of really disappointment. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. What it's eat that batter. <laughs> All right, and just in terms of everything that you've been doing now, is it? Do you have any regrets so far, or? Uh, the only regret I would say, like relating to the pancakes, would be, um, probably not starting sooner, like realizing that it 
that it doesn't matter if people know, like, if you have an Instagram account, like, they're going to be supportive. Like, the YouTube channel, I posted videos on there because that was pretty big. Like, if I thought I just started that sooner. I'm like, if I were making videos when I was still in college and making pancakes, like, that gives, there's so much more of an opportunity to get people involved and, like, do, like, so much, so much cooler things. Like, if I were making pancakes at a party and, like, vlogging it, like, that would do much better as far as, like, um, exposure and everything like that and video view. So, biggest regret would be not starting sooner and getting, not getting over the fear at the beginning. <laughs> That'd be the regret. So, and then in terms of anyone else trying to start, like, a branding thing on Instagram or YouTube, do you, what would be your main piece of advice to them? So, I'm trying to start, like, a brand? Yeah. I would say just... I don't know, be consistent and just try to do things that are always, like, on brand. Um, I guess the biggest thing would be be consistent, like, always be there and, you know, just put content out. You know, more content, the better. More chance for people to connect to you and you to connect with them. Yeah, because, like, I guess in the way it's every piece of content is like a shot. So it's Mm -hmm. like, you know, every time you post something, you've got a shot for it to blow up or go viral or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I've I've thought about with pe- my pancakes. I always like thought of the idea of like how could I go viral, and then I think like I don't think pancakes. I don't think there's any way to like engineer like any kind of like virality like with like the content they have on Instagram. Like I just don't see that going viral. So I mean, as far as like it popping or whatever, I've kind of thought to myself like I need to have, like redo like the whole content or do something like different if i wanted it to pop but like it can go like kind of viral like it'll reach more people and like kind of pop so i mean putting out more content does give you a better chance like popping in like a smaller way and if you do like branch out and do like different things and try new things then you really have a chance to like pop if you like broaden your scope of like what you want to do which is which is what i need to do really yeah. Nice what, what about getting like shout outs? I think you said um your page really started going off when uh it was a Pop Tarts reposted one of your posts mm-hmm. on their channel. So have you got many other shout outs or do you reach out to people for any of those or uh I think towards like the very, very beginning I like tried to like pay someone for shout outs, but it didn't work out. It was like a bunch of like fake accounts and whatnot and I just kind of stayed clear of it since then. Uh, then aside from that, there are some food accounts that will repost my stuff. I don't ever ask. They usually just do it. Um, some people will ask my permission to uh, post, pa- post my content, but I usually don't reach out, which I probably should, and like see if you know my content's a fit for them. But definitely some people do um, repost my stuff. Yeah. You know, you, know what I, you know what I would like to see? I like to see a one-minute put-together Instagram clip of just cutting the best bits of you putting together one of those stacks. I think that's like what I would like to see. Yeah, it's just like, you know, from the batter all the way to turning it into the stack in like a short one-minute clip. Have you seen those on Instagram, those food accounts where they do videos oh, like, like that? like the, the, with the ingredients and stuff in the bowl with the bird's eye view and all that? Is that yeah, what yeah. 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 I'd love to see one of those from you. 
I could I think I've kind of made something similar like that on YouTube, but I uh, probably didn't look as quite as uh, produced as like a BuzzFeed tasty video. But I, I yeah, BuzzFeed I isn't that good, that. anyways. You don't like BuzzFeed? <laughs> uh, I mean, look, I used to like some of the earlier content, but I don't. I just haven't bothered with it anymore. Like, You've gotten too big. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. They just have so much content. It's kind of hard to keep up nowadays anyway. Yeah. I like I like more the everyday person when it comes to like the content I consume. That's the stuff I like. Yeah. And then I also like the serial entrepreneurs. I don't know why. Something about watching Gary Vee videos, I'm just like, man, this guy's a psychopath. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> like the best, ki- the best kind of psychopath, by the way. I love Gary Vee. Just- yeah. <laughs> oh, Gary Vee is a cool dude. Definitely pretty inspiring too. Yeah. Watching him do his stuff. He's just yeah. going nonstop. I wish I could do the same thing, you know, go nonstop. Then I like, I stop to think like, well, what could I do? And I just like run out of ideas real fast and get distracted or something like that. It just really makes you admire the, the hustle he's got. Yeah, well, I think, what does he say? Like, that's basically like all he's known, essentially. And I think that, that gets wired into people. Like, um, one of my big, one of my big things that I think about a lot is just how I find the people that struggle the hardest or the people that even fail the most, if they stay resilient, tend to be the ones that become the most successful because it's they they don't have a choice for some mm-hmm. of them, um, or it's just that they're so resilient from the failure that it leads to success. I think I almost think it ties in a little bit to polarity. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that idea. You know, everything's got opposites and equals. Okay. You know, there's no good without bad. There's no light without dark. And I really think there's no success without failure. Yeah, I think that's that really. And I find, like, I'll give an example. So my local gym owner, Tony Doherty, he's a bit of a, he's a bit of an entrepreneur. He's doing very well for himself. He runs the his Arnold show down here, and mm. he used to idolize Arnold Schwarzenegger. You know, now he's a business partner with him, kind of thing. And his whole his whole story was just all about being relentless. You know, he was broke. He had a warehouse and some broken gym equipment. He'd sleep in the gym. Wouldn't let anyone know that that's what he was doing, and just like hustled 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 and like i see him in there all the time now and he's just constantly on the hustle it's absolutely ridiculous it's crazy yeah so people got that drive which i i feel like i kind of do sometimes but it's not like as steady as like some of those people when they go seven days but yeah yeah i think i think i'm a bit similar like it comes in waves you know you have like mm-hmm. you have moments and you're like oh wow and you kind of it flow and it's like yes and you get so much so many things done, so many ideas, and then the next thing you know, it's like, oh, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, I think that comes with a habit too. Like when I've thought about like the pancakes, like because every day I can make pancakes and spend like an hour, an hour or two, you know, making the pancakes, you know, getting ingredients, posting it on Instagram, and like replying to comments and stuff. If I have that same habit, to, like other habits built up as far as like working on a business or like just hustling in general, like it'd be easy. I wouldn't have to think about it because I don't think about making pancakes. It doesn't seem like a drag ever. It just is like, it's like automatic because I've just done it for so long, which I think is, that must be how like Gary Vee and like the, your gym guy, like how they do it. They must be just like automatic and just easy for them. It's, the yeah, it's, like, it's like, it's like a switch. It's like they wake up. I don't know. It's like these guys, I think for them, it's like they just wake up. It's like, right, let's get to it. Or yeah. I suppose like Jocko, he's always getting up. He's like, get after it. <laughs> Yeah, if you don't want to wake up, get up. You follow his Just Instagram? Do I don't follow his Instagram. I've uh, heard some of his talks and stuff like that. 
But, yeah. Um, on his Instagram every morning, he's posting a photo of his watch when he wakes up, and it's always <laughs> black and white. Um, and it's always anywhere from like three in the morning to like four thirty in the morning, and it's always a caption like "Get after it" or something, <laughs> something along those lines. Every morning, like without fail, it's like, "Geez." I mean, when I think about getting up that early, I mean, I've tried it for like a week, but I'll get up and I'll like read for like an hour, then I'll be like, "I don't know what to do." <laughs> like, it runs in that same problem of like, I don't know what to hustle like towards. Like, like I know what to make make pancakes, but I don't really know what else I should be like hustling to. But I, I, yeah. that's something you'll be able to figure out. I think it's yeah, just a matter. Of, so, um, so do you have much of a schedule like that? Like, are you still trying to do the get up early, or are you just? Oh, just something yeah. I tried. Then I think I think I've kind of accepted now that I'm I'm just a night owl. Like I can I do way better work as it gets like later in the night, like when everyone's asleep. Which I don't think there's a like much of a problem with work doing your work late at night versus early in the morning. Like it's it's the same stuff as long as you're getting it done, but I, I definitely think better when it comes to the night versus the morning. Yeah, because I've experimented with the morning person stuff, and I, I actually had a good run of doing like four thirty. I still most days I'm out of bed by at least six in the morning or something. But um, I don't know. I find like you said, like I get up in the morning. It's my first thing will be like go to the gym, listen to an audio book, mm-hmm. but. Then I find I come home and I'm like, oh, wait, what am I actually going to do with my time now? And it's like, oh, shit, no, I need to be at work soon. And then when I come home from work, I'm like so beat. I'm like, oh, because I worked some night shifts as well <laughs> after my main job too. So then I come home yeah. and I'm like, whew. You just want to rest, yeah. I used to be a night owl. So I actually was throwing the idea around that I might go back to that. I thought, no, nah, let's change the schedule a bit. I got a little bit inspired. I came home from my night shift at about 9 p.m. and double scooped my pre-workout and went to the gym. <laughs> then I, I came home still buzzing. I was like, I reckon I'll get some work done. There you go. Yeah, you take the pre-workout. There's no going back. No <laughs> choice. Yep. There's no turning back from there. All right. Well, I think this has been a fantastic conversation. It's been great. It's been a pleasure to have you on here, but I pleasure think we should wrap this up. Thank you very much for coming on. And Oh, sorry. Where can people find you again? Uh, Instagram at uh, the pancake god. At the pancake god. And if they wanted to buy your pancakes, where do you ship to? Uh, I ship to the United States. And I realize shipping anywhere out of the United States is um, actually terribly expensive. So that's something I have to figure out and work towards in the future. Okay. There you go. When you get, that's, that's something to figure out. Get up yeah. early, find out what you can do for shipping. But here's what I want to do. Can we get how much is it going to cost to get a packet sent out to Australia? I want to I want to test your pancakes. I think it's, it's 30 I think it was 35 or like $45 just like a medium flat rate box can which can ship up to six six bags of pancake mix. So okay. I think it was like 30 at $40 45. All right. Well, all right. I want to I want to organize that up so Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get your pancakes out there. Give it a try. I'll give him a little YouTube review too. Sure, that'd be I've great. Got, I've, got, I've got no followers on YouTube yet, but hey. That'd be great social proof. I mean, I'll definitely post the review, post the review up in mine too. Okay. Yeah. Of course. Sounds good. This Sweet. Is. All right. Well, and on that note, oh, sorry. No, I didn't even say, where can we buy your pancake mix? Jeez. <laughs> I'd be at uh, pancakegod.com. Um, I'd probably say just go there. 
then there's a link to go straight to the um the pancake pancake page. Okay. Just pancakegod.com. All right, the pancakegod.com and there will be a link in the show notes. So anybody listening, go to my website, go to the show notes, link will be there. All right. Perfect. Thank you very Thank much. You. It was great to be here. All right, if you have made it this far, then thank you. That is a conclusion of today's show. So if you have made it this far, that tells me something. You enjoyed today's show. Yeah, you did. I know you did. So please do me this one favor. Go on whatever platform you've listened to this to. Give it a rating and a review. Subscribe for future episodes. This is a weekly show. And finally, don't forget to take a screenshot on your phone of you listening and upload it to your Instagram story and tag out Running From Comfort and at the Pancake God. All right, have a good day, everybody, and I'll see you all in the next episode.